praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who loved us and gave himself for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see the song that we have just been singing, The Love of God by Frederick Lehman. That song is not talking about somebody else. It's talking about God's love for you. Oh, love of God. How rich and pure. How measureless and how strong. They said, it shall forevermore endure the saints and the angels' song. You know, brothers and sisters, let me tell you a little story here that I think is appropriate to um, this segment of the teaching on burning love. Many, many years ago, this is basically how the Lord called me to preach the gospel. So you may want to listen to this story. We had been praying. We were brought up praying on, in our campus. We were taught to pray. In fact, we had a prayer meeting every night. Except the days we had fellowship. So we prayed in the fellowship. But every night from around 10 o'clock to 11, 12 midnight, we are, there's a place we call Victory Ground. It's, um, it's some long tennis courts at the entrance of the University of Nigeria, Enugu campus. That was where I went to school. So in the night, cult boys, you know these uh, student cults, they used to have meetings in those long tennis courts in the night. But gradually, brethren began to go to that place to pray and drove away those cult boys. They ran away. They couldn't stay there because as early as 7 p.m., 8 p.m., you will see brethren walking around up and down in that victory ground, praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. At times, up to 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the night, you will hear prayer raging. You will see somebody at a corner kneeling down, groaning and interceding. Those were my roots. That's what my fellowship... In fact, even if we had the exam tomorrow, we prayed tonight. We had our prayer meeting tonight. When we finish, we will start running to go and read. If we are reading, once it is 10 minutes to 10 or 5 minutes, we start running to the prayer ground. Do you know that even if it was raining, we had our prayer meeting? We will come out of our hostel in the rain and then we will start running. We will start running to the place of appointment with the Almighty God and we will pray. And they taught us, they said, look, if Jesus wanted you to go to heaven immediately after you are saved, then you should have died immediately. So if he left you here, if you didn't die as soon as you got born again, like the thief on the cross, it meant that God must have a reason for leaving you in this world. That's what they taught us. So they now said to us, so it means you must pray and pray and pray and ask God, wait on God, seek God by prayer and by fasting until he reveals your ministry to you until he shows you why he left you on planet earth 
what are you going to do with one life? This is what I was taught when I was growing up. You know, when I hear people now, as soon as you are, go, you, as you are, you are born again, you are looking for who to marry. I don't understand what you are doing because for us, they taught us that you are not qualified for wife if you don't have assignment. A man that has no job does not need a helper. Eve was given to Adam as a suitable helper because God had given Adam an assignment. So if you are going to marry wife, what is she coming to help you with? In fact, the sisters, we are told that any man that does not have a ministry has no business coming near you to be your husband because you're supposed to help him to fulfill the assignments and the ministry of God in his life. So we prayed and prayed. Look, you need to hear us pray. Say, Father, I don't want to waste my life. Why am I here? We will walk up and down. We will kneel down. We will stand. We will lie flat on our face. We will pray. We will fast. I remember one night, all of us came to that victory ground. We were cold and we were praying. Somebody was leading. Usually when we gather, we gather in a circle like this. And we join our hands. Then we start singing. Then we start praying. We lose our hands. We walk around. We come back again. When the person leading, we will clap when he wants us to come near. We will come, hear the prayer point. Then we start walking around again praying. We call the place Victory Ground. That was the name of we gave to those long tennis courts. There are two courts joined together. So one particular night, we came to the place and uh, we were lukewarm that night. We were not praying. And it was threatening to rain. One of our leaders, I remember him very well. He's in the U.S. now. When he saw the way we were praying, and we were praying, we were commanding the rain that it should not rain. Ah, we were bold. We, will pray. we could pray against anything. We, could. we look for people that are sick and lay our hands on them. When he saw the way we were praying that night, he went to a corner and began to pray. That was the night we found out that one man that has faith, God will hear his prayer over the prayer of a multitude of lukewarm people. As we were praying and commanding the rain not to rain, the brother went to one side and said, Father, it must rain this night. These people are not serious. <laughs> These boys are not serious. They, it must rain. Release, open the heavens. <laughs> Boy, the rain that beat us that night in that place. <laughs> look, look, as soon as the rain began to pour, now you have an option. If you stay like this, the cold will, will, will trouble you. So all of us now began to pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> we, we pray that night. We pray that night. <laughs> and we continue to pray like that, asking God for why we are here. And then I remember something happened to me towards the end of my stay in the university. The story I'm telling you happened around the middle 80s, 85, 86, 87. I was in medical school. We now had a program and this man of God came and I don't know where that servant of God is now. I think he's still alive, but I've not heard much of him. But back in those days, he was, the anointing of God on his life was, was, was frightening. When he enters into a place, people that are demon-possessed start screaming and start falling down. 
that night the man was ministering and I remember I was somewhere in the middle of the congregation I'm a young student in campus and as he was ministering people have been falling down you know me I don't like to do something because people are doing it I, at times I see people fall down they say they are falling under the anointing I read I saw that the thing is in the Bible but then since I don't know how they fall down I decided that I will not fall down if there is nothing to fall down about <laughs> you understand the point but I know that it's in the Bible because when the angel appeared Daniel could not stand when the Lord Jesus told them who are you looking for they say Jesus of Nazareth they say I am the one I am that's what Jesus said say who do you seek they say Jesus of Nazareth he replied I am when he said I am the Bible says they fell they went back and fell down so the power of God can make people to fall down when the presence of God came you remember at the dedication of the temple the Bible said the priests could not stand to minister you remember that scripture because the glory of God had filled the temple of Almighty God so people have been falling but that particular day as this man was ministering suddenly I just saw myself be on the floor I fell down he didn't touch me I wasn't outside I just fell down and while I was there on the ground this is why I'm telling you the story I heard the voice of God he was not talking from outside he was talking from deep inside God spoke to me and I'm going to tell you what he said he said behold Calvary behold the day of my judgment thou shall be an evangel of my love I heard it loud and clear I was not thinking in that line I was we were just all praying I when I fell down I heard these words I've just given to you distinctly from somebody was talking inside me say behold Calvary behold the day of my judgment thou shall be an evangel of the love of God it was 20 years later I was traveling with brother Cyril and some other brethren we are going to worry to go and preach and in the vehicle we began to sing and the presence of God was so strong in the car as we are driving and the Spirit of God said to me he said those two things that I told you to behold say behold Calvary and behold the day of my judgment he said they are my reference points they are my reference points I look at Calvary and I look at the day when everybody will stand before me in judgment those are the determinants of divine behavior they are, the, they are my reference points so I wanted you to see my reference point so that you can labor together with me that's what the Lord said and I want to share with you brothers and sisters this morning into this afternoon as we look at the Word of God and continue our study on burning love I want you to see the love of God for your life the love of God for us and it is burning love God's love for us is love on fire so let's read our text again in uh, Song of Solomon chapter 8 and I'm reading from verses 6 to 7 Song of Solomon 8 verses 6 to 7 place me like a seal over your heart 
like a seal on your arm for love is as strong as death it's jealousy unyielding as the grave it burns like blazing fire like a mighty flame many waters cannot quench love many waters cannot quench love rivers cannot wash it away if one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be utterly scorned and despised. Now let me read it to you from the message translation, which you have on your program there. Love is invincible, facing danger and death. Passion laughs at the terrors of hell. The fire of love stops at nothing. It sweeps everything before it. Flood waters can't drown love. Torrents of rain can put it out. Love can't be bought. Love can't be sold. It is not to be found in the marketplace. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Such is the love of God for us. He says, set me as a seal upon your heart remember that we mentioned that yesterday and as a seal on your arm so you notice the seal on the heart comes before the seal on the arm set me as a seal upon your heart as a seal upon your arm the heart from where the issues of life proceed is the first place where the Lord and the love of God must be sealed and stamped and engraved. And then out of that heart and out of the issues of that heart, then his love becomes the seal on our arm. The hand that we use to function, the hand that we use to serve, carries a seal the seal of love you see when you are serving and there is no seal upon your heart and upon your arm so do you know every time somebody is using his hands to serve and to do something for God they are checking the seal they say what seal is on the arm that is performing this service that is performing this sacrifice and beyond the seal on the arm they are checking the heart and they are saying this man is preaching this man is serving this man is giving offering this man is doing plenty things but please check the heart let us confirm that the heart from where this service is flowing has our seal upon it and if there is no seal of love deep, deep, deep inside the heart, you know that that service is not acceptable. Even if you give all the wealth of your house, even if you gathered everything that you have and you give to the poor, as you are giving to the poor, they are checking for the seal, the authenticating seal of heaven upon your heart. That's why if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, even if I have all the spiritual gifts, and I know, living Bible said, 
I have the gift of prophecy. I know everything about everything. And I can see visions. And I can prophesy. And I can work miracles. But I don't have the seal of love deep in my heart. He said, I am nothing. In heaven's economy, when there is no seal on the heart and no seal on the arm, so you understand why a man can beat his wife is because there is no you can use it you cannot use an a heart that is sealed with love and an arm imagine that this arm has a, a seal of love stamped on it can he slap somebody it's not possible it's not possible it's not possible because love does not do any evil to his neighbor set me not my work first of all but me me the lord himself set me like a seal upon your heart do you know when samson and delilah we are doing what they were doing delilah remember that samson deceived delilah several times you remember that story he told her lies when he said tell me where your strength is and Samson began to tell story. He said, if you do this to me, I will be like, I will be weak like everybody else. Then Delilah will do it with the, what, what is their name? The Philistines will be hiding somewhere. He said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. The Philistines are upon you. Boom, Samson will get up and tear the thing away. He said, if you do this to me, I will be weak. The Philistines are upon you. Samson will get up and tear the thing. As the thing repeated and repeated, Delilah asked Samson a question. Please go with me to Judges chapter 16. I want to read that scripture right at the beginning. And please keep that scripture in your mind because we are going to need it when we are going to be responding to God. Judges chapter 16. Have you seen Judges chapter 16? Huh? Now look at verse 15. Then she said to him, this is Delilah now talking to Samson. How can you say I love you? Look at what Delilah told Samson. Say, how can you say, how can you have the mouth? How can you have the guts? How can you have the temerity and the audacity, the, the boldness to be telling me that you love me when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and you have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pestered him, pestered him, pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death that he told her all his heart and he said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head for I have been a Nazirite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and I will be like any other man. And of course, when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. You know what is touching me in this scripture? That Delilah knew a principle. Delilah knew that anything that you call love, 
that has not collected your heart is a joke. I said Delilah knew a principle that whatever you are calling love, whatever you are describing as love, and that thing has not collected your heart, that thing has not impacted your heart, that thing has not seized your heart, it has not sealed your heart. Delilah knew that that love is a big joke. So Delilah, I can imagine when Samson wants to touch Delilah. Say, Deli, darling. Say, don't, don't touch me. Get away from here. Get out. He said, I love you. You love who? Who are you telling that you love me? You want to confuse me. How dare you say that you love me when your heart is not with me? I am not the one holding your heart. Do you know as we sing our songs inside the church and we say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus will be saying, I know better than Delilah. Even Delilah, a common prostitute, knows that anybody that is telling you that they love you and they don't have your heart inside their hand, that that person is joking. You, the person has not surrendered his heart. How can you be keeping a secret from me and you are telling me that you love me? Some of you, you have some secrets that you are keeping from Jesus. You have some secret sin that you have not brought out to Jesus Christ and then you are telling him that you love him. You have money in the bank account that, that has not, is not surrendered to Jesus Christ and you are telling him that you love him. You have ambitions that have occupied your heart and that heart is filled with something else. And then you come to Jesus and you say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I can imagine Jesus as he's looking at your heart with eyes of fire. I can imagine him saying, how can you be telling me that you love me when you have an agenda that is different from my purpose? How can you be telling me that you love me? What kind of love is this? So you see that the seal on the heart is the indicative of the love. I can imagine Delilah saying to Samson, place me as the seal on your heart. And if you truly place me as a seal over your heart, then give me your heart with all of its contents or else forget this your love talk. How can you say that you love me when you don't have time to spend in my presence? Do you know now there are Christians that love Jesus, but to spend 30 minutes with Jesus, the Jesus that they love, to read the word that Jesus posted from heaven, inspired by his spirit, to spend time with the master that brought them on the cross of Calvary, is a problem. It's a problem. You wake, they wake up in the morning, the first thing they touch is their phone and their social media and they are telling Jesus that they love him. How can you say that you love me when you don't even have time for my presence? How can you say that you love me when the cross where I died doesn't mean anything to you and Calvary is not your priority? How can you say you love me when my word is not the dictator of your life? Place me as a seal upon your heart. I want you to listen closely. I perceive that the primary focus of God in this midnight cry 
is our heart. He said, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Set me as a seal upon your heart. He said, because love is, love is as strong as death. Its jealousy is unyielding as the grave. It burns like a mighty flame. It burns like a mighty flame. It burns like a mighty flame. The fire of love stops at nothing. Brothers and sisters, there is this burning quality of the love of God that the Bible says many waters cannot quench love. And you know, I shared with you yesterday that when that scripture says many waters cannot quench love, it's not first of all the love in your heart. It is the love of God himself for us. Do you know that rivers of our iniquity, floods of our sin, oceans of our transgressions, they could not quench the love of God for us. They could not quench the love of God for us. And now let me, let me also share something with you. Do you know that oceans of trials, floods of satanic attacks cannot quench the love of God for you? There is nothing the enemy can bring that can drown the love of God for your soul, for your person. Oh, it was this morning that I connected, the Spirit of God connected Isaiah 43 with Song of Solomon chapter 8. Let's go to Isaiah 43. Let me show you. Oh, many waters. If, brother, if many waters... If many waters, listen to this statement. If many waters could not quench the love of God for us while we were his enemies. <laughs> Did you hear what I'm talking about now? If many waters, our waters of iniquity, filthiness that was pouring out of our lives could not quench the love of God for you while you were a sinner. I want to ask you, what then will be able to separate you from the love of God now that you have become his son, his daughter? Oceans of our sins couldn't stop him. He still reached out. Come and hear the Bible. He said, who is like the Lord our God that dwelleth on high? But he humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth. Then he said, he taketh the poor from the dunghill to sit him with the princes of his people. Do you know that for you to take somebody from a dunghill, what is dunghill? What is dung? Who knows what dung is? Cow shit. Sorry, I, my apologies to speak like that, but I wanted you to understand. Cow poo. Cow poo. The poo poo of cow. That's dung. So a dung hill is a hill of cow poo. That's where the poor are located. That's where the wretched are located. But the Bible says this eternal Jehovah with burning love that cannot be quenched 
by the stench of our iniquity, he brings down his hand to take the poor from where? From the poo 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 with the potote, where the poor is sitting in his wretchedness, in the midst of cow poo and cow dunk. He takes him, washes him by the blood, and then he seats him with the princes of his people. The love of God. That those of us that we are once overwhelmed by iniquity under the bondage of Satan in our filthiness, in our wretchedness. That's what he told Israel. The Bible said in the book of Ezekiel, he said he found them in the waste and howling wilderness. He said you were still in your blood. You were in your wretchedness. And then I took you and I washed you. And now we are seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God. I want you to see Isaiah 43 and make the connection so that you can see the love of God. The love of God for you. The love of God for all of us. Have you seen Isaiah 43? From verse 1. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, what does he say there? I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Why? Why? Because I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba, Seba in your place. Now look at verse 4. He says, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and you are honorable. And I have loved you. So what has happened? Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. And I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So notice says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not drown my love for you. Do you notice, do you notice that waters and rivers are mentioned in connection with the love of God in verse 4? He said, because I have loved you. So when you pass through the waters and the flood of challenges and trials, you know, yesterday I was talking about the flood of iniquity could not quench the love of God for us. Now I want you to listen. A flood of trials, the flood of attacks, the flood of difficulties, the flood of problems and the challenges of our generation. God said, when you pass through you will be passing through. You will not be stuck in the middle. When the rivers are flowing, they will not swallow you. Why? Because my love will still be present. 
I said, my love will still be present in the darkest night of your soul. My love will still be there. And that ocean of attack and that ocean of problems and difficulties and challenges, whether it has to do with medical or financial or other forms of things that the enemy... Oh, come and hear the Bible. It says in the book of Revelation that Satan, the enemy, released the flood from his mouth to swallow the woman. The flood of the enemy aimed to swallow you and to swallow your kindred and swallow your family and destroy you. That flood will not be able to swallow you. Why is that so? Because they will not be able to quench my love for you. My loving kindness will still be present no matter what you are going through. Why is that so? Because it is burning love. It is love that is on fire and when you pass through the water they will not be able to quench my love for you i will still be present and i will never leave you nor forsake you blessed be the name of jesus christ hallelujah so god's love for us is an everlasting love it's a love that is burning because the source is on fire please listen to this statement the love of God is characterized by all divine attributes. I said the love of God is what? Is characterized, it is marked by all divine attributes. All divine attributes are present in the love of God. In fact, all divine attributes are present in all divine attributes. It's not confusing. What I'm saying is that the love of God is wise. Because God is wise. And the wisdom of God is loving. <laughs> do, you, do you get that now? The wisdom of God, because he's one person, so you can't divide him and collect his wisdom and separate his love. No. So the love of God contains every quality of God. That love is everlasting. In Jeremiah 31 verse 3, Jeremiah 31 and verse 3 he said with an everlasting love I have loved you with an everlasting love I have loved you that means that love is not emergency see the love of God for you is not an emergency arrangement oh he has a problem ah let's pity him no 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 that love was already flowing towards you before ever you came into existence you are a child of love it was love that brought you into planet earth god doesn't need you it was love that gave you existence love gave you creation and then love brought redemption and then love brought a new creation now that you are inside christ it's an everlasting love you know <laughs> Human beings, if you, if you are looking for love from human beings, my people have a way of saying it. They say, you are looking for something in the pocket of somebody who is looking for something. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Imagine that you are searching for money in the pocket of somebody who is searching for money. How much money are you likely going to find? 
it's not likely you are going to get anything. Correct? Yes. And there may be a wife that is sitting here this afternoon now. And your problem is that your husband does not love you. God loves you. <laughs> and actually, that is more than enough. My friend, are you saying that my husband should not love me? Oh, of course, I cannot say that. But what are you going to do now? <laughs> Until he starts loving you. What will you do with yourself? You are going to find rest in the love of God for you. I said you are going to find rest in the love of God for you. And then you will start loving him with the love that you are collecting from the Father. Do you know the plan of God? The plan of God is that with this burning love with which he loves us, our experience of burning love will generate burning love from our hearts. Because his love for us is on fire. And that consuming fire now resides in our spirit. Then our love for other people will also be unquenchable. Why are we loving them? It's not because they deserved it. Because we, we are not loved by God because we deserved anything. We are loved by him because he decided to. Of his free will, he begot us that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creation. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. And his love is an eternal love. It is measureless. Go with me to 1 John chapter 3. It is measureless love. Oh, oh love of God. Oh love of God. How rich and pure. How measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure. The saints and angels song. How measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure. The saints and angels song. It is a measureless love. It is a measureless love. It cannot be measured. First John chapter 3 from verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now are we the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Listen to how the Amplified Bible puts it. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown, bestowed on us that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. 
the reason that the world does not know or recognize or acknowledge us, see, the Bible is saying here that the world does not know you. <laughs> they say the world does not know you. You wonder why they treat you the way they treat you. It's because they don't know you. He said the reason the world does not know us is because he doesn't know him. Look, do you know what is going to happen to you as you walk down the road and people pass you? You will just smile. He said they don't know who they just passed. I'm not, this is not pride. I'm, I'm talking reality. Did you hear what I said? When they insult you, you will say, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. They don't know who they are talking to. <laughs> did you hear the Bible say the reason the world does not know us is because he did not know him. Just like Jesus was passing. Do you understand? And Pharisee will open his mouth and say, you are demon-possessed. Do they know who they are talking to? They don't know him. He said, that's why they also treat us the way they treat us. Because they don't know us. Because we are carrying... Do you know the greatest manifestation of the love of God is that Jesus will pay the price so that our hearts can become his home. So, as we are walking, the world does not know us. But I want you to know, if the world does not know you, that is pardonable. The trouble is that you don't know yourself now. Listen, listen, sir, listen. It's okay for people not to know you. The tragedy is when you yourself don't know yourself. Behold what an incredible quantity and quality of love. <laughs> Do you know the love of God for your life, for your person? Behold, he said, see, 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 see. That means if you don't see it, you won't know it. What manner? You see the word manner there in that scripture? Is the same word when the Bible says, when they were asking, what manner of man is this? Do you remember? What manner? What manner? The word there is called potapos. Potapos means from what country? From what country? From where? Exotic. You know exotic? I don't mean the drink. Exotic means from another place. Something foreign. He said, behold what an incredible quantity and quality of exotic foreign love. The love is foreign to planet earth. Hallelujah. Because it is coming from heaven. Because it is coming from everlasting. You are used to thinking and feeling condemnation inside your heart. You are used to not seeing anything good in yourself. You have been told that you are useless and preachers have told you that you must do a whole lot of things for God to look your way. But I have another message for you here today. I am announcing a love that began to pursue you from everlasting. Somebody give God praise inside this house. You understand what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a love that is not dependent on my performance. It's an incredible quantity and quality. So come and now read the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. So that you will see this love being described. 
and where brother Paul was praying for these Ephesians believers that they will know this love Ephesians chapter 3 I'm reading from the Amplified Translation here verse 17 he said may Christ through your faith actually dwell settle down abide make his permanent home where? in your heart he said may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love does somebody have living bible the old living bible translation anybody with living bible the living bible said may your roots grow down deep into the soil of god's marvelous love so picture now that this is where you are planted and he's saying that your roots so the soil on which you are located is the love of god the boundless love of god now he says let your roots begin to grow deep down into that soil of the marvelous love of god look what it says so you now see verse 18 may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love so that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints God's devoted people see look it says that you may be able to comprehend so you, you need power to understand this love you need power you see because without this power and ability you can't comprehend it you can't grasp it it sounds too good to be true it's actually too good but it is true that you may have the power to comprehend the ability to grasp with all the sense God's devoted people the experience of that love what is the breath everybody follow now what is the what the breath the length eh so you have the breath this love is four dimensional you have the breath you have the length you have the height and you have the depth the breath the length the height and the depth of the love of God that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God that is you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body holy filled and flooded with God himself do you hear what the Bible is saying so the knowledge of this love the revelation of the breath the length the height and the depth of this love is equivalent to the revelation of God himself because God is love and as you abide in this love the Bible say God himself abides in you that you may know the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work in you and that you may be filled with God himself can you imagine a body filled with God himself 
How? By a revelation of the love of God for us. Hallelujah. A revelation of the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. It's measureless. It's boundless. You have no idea how precious you are to God, child of God. If people can realize, see the devil, oh, the devil is bad. The devil makes God look as if God is a killjoy. He doesn't want you to be happy. He doesn't want you to enjoy. If you want to enjoy life, this is how to do it. That is where to go. And the reason he does that is because he's looking for who to destroy. But it is within the love of God, hallelujah, that we find our fulfillment. That's where we find our destiny is fulfilled. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Do you know, brothers and sisters, that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus Christ? Say that with me. Say, God loves me as he loves Jesus. Do you notice how you feel saying it? You notice the way you are feeling. You are wondering what I'm saying. Is it true? God loves me as he loves Jesus. For me to make such a statement, I have to have scripture. So go with me to the book of John chapter 17. In fact, in chapter 15, John chapter 15, let's begin in chapter 15. Look at verse 9 and hear what the Lord Jesus himself said. John chapter 15 and verse 9. Burning love. God's unquenchable love for you. God's unquenchable love for me. Hallelujah. Love that rivers and oceans cannot quench, cannot drown. John chapter 15, verse 9. Look at what Jesus said. Can we all read that verse 9? I need you to look for it and find it in your Bible. And this is Jesus talking. You will notice it's a red letter in your own Bible. Correct? That is if you have a red letter Bible. Huh? Look at what Jesus said in verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have done what? I've loved you. Abide in my love. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. As. Remember I said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. So, you see the word as means according to, with the same measure. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. With the same love that the Father has loved me, that is the love that I love you. Hallelujah. 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 Go to chapter 17. Verse 22. And the glory which you have given me. What did Jesus say there? I have given them. The glory which you have given me I have given them. See, this is Jesus talking. Jesus Christ said, he's praying to the Father. 
and he says to the father, I say, Father, the glory that you have given to me, I have given to them. Was he telling the truth? You know, when I read those kind of scriptures, my question is, where is it? Because if he has given me the same glory that the father has given to him, the question is, do I realize it? Am I walking in the fullness of it? The glory which you have given to me, I have given to them. That they may be one. Huh? Just as we are one. I in them and you in me. That they may be made perfect in one. Now look at that latter part of that verse. Everybody look at that latter part. Do you see what it says? And that the world may know that you have sent me and that you have loved them as you have loved me. That the world may know that what has happened, everybody, that you have sent me and you have loved them as you have loved me. You have loved them as you have loved me. You have loved them as you have loved me. Why? Because they are now members of my body. They are my brothers. We are members of the same family by the blood I shed. Oh, oh, oh. Hallelujah. Because I am the head. They are my body. You don't love the head one way and love the body differently. That the world may know that you have sent me and that you have loved them as you have loved me. You have loved them as you have loved me. What is going to happen to you, child of God? What is going to happen to you, child of God? If you believed that the Father loves you as he loves Jesus, what do you think will happen to your worries? What do you think will happen to your fears? What do you think, you know, one time Lazarus was sick, and I like the way that Mary and Martha sent the message to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what they said to him? They said, Lord, behold, the one that you love is sick. They didn't say, Lord, Lazarus is sick. What did they say? He said, Lord, behold, see, that one that you love, the one that is dear to you, the one that is stamped on your heart, he is sick. And come and hear what the Lord Jesus Christ said. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. That is still the standard reply when the one that he loves is sick. I said, that is the reply from heaven when the one that he loves is sick. I can imagine them saying, Lord, behold, the one whom you love has no food in his house. And I hear heaven reply, that absence of food is not unto death, but that the Father may be glorified. There's a testimony on the way. <laughs> he said, Lord, behold, him whom thou lovest. Do you know the way you should be praying your prayer? When you want to pray your prayer, put that phrase in front of your prayer. He said, Lord, behold, him whom thou lovest, she whom you love 
is going to the labor ward. <laughs> Imagine that you are pregnant and you are expecting a baby. As you are walking to the labor ward, you say, Lord, behold, she whom thou lovest is going to the labor ward. <laughs> do you see? Do you see how the, your case is different? Do you see how it changes the whole dynamic? When you are going to travel, do you know what you should announce before you take off from your house? He said, Lord, behold, him whom thou lovest is going to travel now. <laughs> and there will be an answer from heaven. This journey is not unto death, but that the Son of Man may be glorified. This matter is not unto death, but that the Son of God shall be glorified. That is the standard reply when the one that God loves is facing any matter. Do you know the reason God answers your prayer? It's because he loves you. If God doesn't like you, you can shout all you like. He will turn his face away. But you know, when the person that you love begins to talk, you want to hear. Even before he asks you, you start answering. Ah! The love of God. What do you think is going to happen to you if you walk away knowing that the father loves you as he loves Jesus, I know, I know what you are thinking in your head. Inside your mind, something is saying to you, but I am not perfect. But I'm not perfect. Aha! That is the card played. That is the joker of the accuser of the brethren. When this kind of message is coming, the thing says, it's not for people like you. It's not for people like you. Forget about it. Until you do everything the law says and you keep all the commandments. Don't talk like that. Don't claim anything. Are you like Jesus? You have to be like Jesus first. Then you can enjoy this love. You don't understand. That's not the way it works. You have to accept this love first. Then you will be like Jesus. You've got a clap off in the door, what I just said. That, that, that is it. That's the mistake. That's the mistake. You see, it says, with an everlasting love, I have loved you. Therefore, with cords of compassion, I draw you to myself. The rope that God used to draw people away from sin is the love of God. The rope that he used to draw to Christ-likeness is the love of God. The more you receive this love, you open your heart to this love, the more you resemble him. It's not the other way around. It's not go and resemble Jesus first. Then God will love you. No, 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 no. No, you are mixing it up. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. I said, blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. And do you know the greatest love that God has shown to us is found in chapter 15. Go back to John chapter 15. Uh, now look at verses 11 down. John 15 from 11. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Note, 
He says, I'm speaking these things to you so that my joy may remain where? Whose joy? I'm asking whose joy? My joy. <laughs> the Bible is very interesting. Jesus, do you know, brothers and sisters, the entire ministry of Jesus was to bring us into what belonged to him alone. I said the entire ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ was to do what? Was to bring us into what belonged to him alone. So what did he say in that place? He said, I'm speaking these things to you so that joy will be in your heart. Amen? That's not what he said. <laughs> I was checking if you are listening. He said, I'm speaking these things to you so that joy may remain in your heart. Is that what he said? No, that's not what he said. He said, so that my joy, not joy, my joy. There's a difference between joy and his own version of joy. You hear the Lord Jesus Christ said, peace I give to you. But the peace I'm giving to you is not the general kind of peace that the rest of the people are pursuing. He said, my peace I live with you. So note, he says, my joy I give to you. My peace I give to you. Do you know, born again child of God, that it is his life that he has given to us. It is his spirit that he has given to us. It is the same spirit that is in him that he poured upon us. It is his seat that we are seated together with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. But, hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah to the son of God. Hallelujah to the son of God. My joy. Listen, he said, the glory which you have given to me, I have given to them. My joy, I give to you. My peace, I give to you. My seat at the right hand of the father. You are seated with me. My life, I give to you. What is remaining? What is remaining? He said, I don't call you, I don't call you slaves anymore. He said, I have called you friends. But do you know later he called us something closer than friends? He called us his brothers and sisters. We are one with him. Look what he says in that chapter 15 there. Yo, son of God, hallelujah. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah forever. Hallelujah to the son of God. Hallelujah. Jesus, why are you doing all these things? Why are you giving us your life? Do you know that the life you have is his life? He said, in my light, you have seen light. He has given us his life. He has given us his light. He has given us his grace. He has given us his joy. He has given us his peace. He has given us the glory which the Father has given to him. What is remaining? What is remaining? of your church take away the veil from our eyes ah. and don't forget that God is not a man that he should lie 
These things you are reading are scripture, and scripture cannot be broken. Look at chapter 15 there, and look at verse 13. Greater love has no one than this. Greater love has no one than this. Than to do what? Than to lay down his life for his friends. And now you are my friends. All you need to do is to do what I instruct you. And my power is available to help you to do it. He said there is no greater love that anybody has or can have than to lay down his life for his friends. And that's what Jesus did for us. Calvary is the greatest display of the love of God. Oh, when the sinless died in the sinner's stead, when the creator died for his creatures so they can find salvation, when the judge gave his life for the condemned, when the lamb died for sheep, do you understand what it means that the little lamb died for sheep. Come and hear the Bible say, all of us like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He said he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. So imagine a lamb paying for sheep. Imagine an innocent lamb paying for sheep that have gone astray. Jesus gave his life for us. Jesus gave his life for us. Who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a shoot out of dry ground. He has no form of comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we have been healed. All of us like sheep, we have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has caused to land on his head the iniquity of us all. That's what Jesus did for us. Do you know that Jesus went to hell so that we don't have to go there? Jesus died and emptied his blood so that we can be washed from our sins. Jesus was rejected so that we can be accepted. There was a question that Jesus asked the father on the cross that didn't get an answer. But both Jesus and the father knew the answer to the question. He said, my God, my God, why, why, why have you forsaken me? He was forsaken so that we can be accepted. I said he was forsaken so that we can be accepted. The father turned his face away from Jesus so that he can turn his face towards us.
He died so that we can live. He was crushed for our transgressions. He was, he was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that was necessary for your peace and for your healing, they were placed on the head of Jesus Christ. And now by his stripes, you have been healed. Because of the price he paid, you will not carry what he has carried. I said you will not carry what he has carried. Because he carried our iniquities, you will not be carrying it in life and you will not be carrying it on the day of judgment. Because he took our infirmities, you will not be carrying the sicknesses in your body. Because he took the chastisement, the punishment that was necessary for your comprehensive peace. He carried it so that you can walk through life possessed by shalom, by his peace. And then he gave us his own peace. He said, my peace I give to you. He said, no greater love. And when he opened his hand there on the cross and he said, it is finished. He finished what was finishing you. I said, Jesus finished what was finishing you. <laughs> he finished what was finishing humanity. He paid the price so that we can be free. There can be no greater love than that. Hallelujah. So how do we respond to that love? How do we respond to that love? We won't finish it now, but let me mention one or two things and then stop. How can we respond to that love? Go back to that scripture. It says, set me, set me as a seal. Where? Upon your heart. Set me as a seal upon your heart. How can you say that? Because of the love that I have shown to you. Come and hear the Bible. He said, we love him because he first loved us. Or in fact, we love because he first loved us. You see, brothers and sisters, we may not know why Jesus loved us. But we know why we love him. Why do we love him? Because he first loved us. So it is not possible to burn with the love for Jesus without a revelation of the burning love of Jesus towards us that many waters could not quench. It's not possible. But when you see the love that I'm describing tonight or this afternoon, you begin to your heart begins to warm. I said your heart begins to warm. Fire begins to brood inside your spirit towards the one that loved us and gave himself for us. He said, set me. There's one verse in the book of Psalm. He said, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? How do we pay him back? How do we pay him back? What shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits and all of his goodness towards me? How do I pay him back? As you gaze on Calvary, what is happening in your spirit? As you look at the place where your price was paid, does that do something to your heart? That is the source 
of the burning love that must burn in our hearts hallelujah towards the one that purchased us and it becomes everything to us no wonder the bible says you shall love the lord your god with all your heart notice the heart again there set me as a seal where upon your heart set me as a seal upon your heart this morning into this early afternoon we have seen that the love of god is burning love many oceans and rivers and floods of our sins could not quench that love he came down and he paid the price so that we can be saved and then we have now seen that the love of god for us could not be quenched by oceans of difficulties and trials and attacks everything the enemy has thrown come and hear brother paul he said what shall separate us from the love of god he said with tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or pestilence or sword and then he said nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that hath loved us he said for i am persuaded that neither death nor life things present nor things to come angels or principalities huh, will be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord out of a revelation of the love that he has for us our hearts begin to love him our hearts begin to respond in love our hearts open up and say yes stamp your person as the seal upon my heart here is my heart seal it with your love seal it with your love possess this heart of mine with burning love such as you have towards me let that be the response of my heart towards you blessed be the name of jesus christ i say blessed be the name of jesus christ from today no matter what you face in life there is only one way to report it to heaven lord behold him whom thou lovest is praying imagine that you come before the throne of grace and the first sentence you utter say father in the name of jesus the one that you love has come to pray <laughs> this is a different kind of prayer it's a different kind of prayer then wait when you make the statement wait let them say it's a lie it's a lie you are not the one <laughs> do what i'm telling you and see the answer you are going to get from heaven when your school fees are not available or when you are looking for money to pay for your children's school fees you come to that throne of grace and what do you say lord see behold the one that you love needs money to pay school fees for his children <laughs> are there some parents in the house this is september <laughs> school fees are due right now you can go to the throne of grace i am a parent too hallelujah and we say lord behold him whom thou lovest needs to send back his children to school and i hear them say from heaven 
your children, the children of the one whom I love cannot stay at home while the others are in school. <laughs> this need is not unto death, but that the Son of God may be glorified. Every challenge in your life will become an opportunity for him to manifest his glory in your life. Every need becomes an opportunity to display his grace and his provision. And in the midst of all of these things, I'm asking, so how does my heart respond to this kind of love that is measureless and that is boundless? I find my rest in this love. They say we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Number two, this love begins to issue out of my heart. It begins to birth, to generate, to produce, to originate. You see, when the love of God lands in a life, it begins to produce a love for God, a reciprocal. Hallelujah to the Son of God. A love that is in response to how much you have been loved towards God. And because God has loved you so much, you begin to love other people with the same love that you received from the Father. It's not because of them. It's because of the one that loved you. You begin to love people. You serve them. You show them the love. Just like Jesus gave his life, we then can give our life for the brethren. Because he did that for us. We forgive because he forgave us. We give. Generosity becomes our nature. We give because he gave to us. Everything we have, we received. We can't keep back because he didn't keep back from us. We can't hide from people because he didn't hide from us. We share because he shared with us. Terry, listen, hallelujah, somebody in this place. We love because he first loved us. Not because we are expecting something. We preach, we serve him. Not because if we don't do it, it's going to break our head. But we serve him out of our gratitude. We are saying, can I preach enough to say thank you, Jesus? Excuse me, please. How many sermons are you going to preach that will be equivalent to what Jesus has done for you? How much are you going to put in the offering box that can pay for your salvation on the cross of Calvary? We cannot pay. But we reciprocate out of love. We lay down our life on the altar. We pack up every ambition and make him the principal objective of our hearts. Why are we doing that? We love because he first loved us. We are walking in the light of his love. And when people offend us, we can forgive them because they are not our source. You don't know why you are angry with people when they disappoint you. It's because they are your source. They are your source. But if they are not your source, you can bless them as they are cursing you. Because you are safe. We are secure in his love. I said we are secure in his love. Our tomorrow is guaranteed <laughs> by his love. Do you know that as long as our lover is seated upon the throne, it shall be well tomorrow. I say it shall be well tomorrow. <laughs> Because by the time the day breaks, he will still be loving us. And he will continue to love us with his everlasting love. Give him praise inside this house. Give him praise. Rise up on your feet. Give him praise. Give him praise. Rise on your feet. Lift up your voice 
and begin to worship him. Lift up your voice and begin to worship him. Give him praise. Give him glory. I said lift up your voice. Somebody celebrate the love of God. Give him thanks. Give a clap offering. Shout, scream, jump. Do something. Just thank him. Bless him. Love him. Love him. Love him with all your heart. Love him with all your passion. Love him with all your finances. Love others because he first loved you. Let's celebrate him. Let's celebrate him. I want you to celebrate him. I want you to rejoice in his love for you. Lift up your voice and pray. Pray, pray. Bless him. Oneto Lankis in Talapaya. Hallelujah to the Son of God. Hallelujah to the Son of God. Bless him. Give him glory. Lift up your voice. Bless his name. Let there be tears in your eyes. Let there be tears in your eyes and wonder in your heart. Dinamokai, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your love. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. And I wonder how he could love me. I see content